all beings be happy. May all beings be healthy. May all beings be free from harm. May all beings love life. May all beings awaken. Welcome to another Cuke Audio podcast. I'm D.C. Pubov Cuke Audio and Cuke Archives. Doing our bit to help preserve the legacy of Shunryu Suzuki and those whose paths cross his. And anything else that comes to mind. I pray that you and yours are safe and comfortable, free from economic hardship, and able to get out and do whatever it is you want within the limitations of the universal precept of do as little harm as possible. So today we have a guest, one Rhonda Johansson Karzag. Rhonda is the daughter of Tony and Tony Johansson who were, uh, you know, came to Zen Center in 65. And uh, Rhonda was born about then. Yeah, she, that's, uh, no, I think she was born in 62. Yeah, she was born in 62. When she was in, she uh, was at Tassajara, oh, I think the summers of 69, 70, and 71 with her parents. And in uh, 70 and 71, there were a lot of kids. And there was uh, a sort of um, child care, uh, pretty loose, uh, run by uh, pretty much uh, uh, Lynn Warkoff and uh, Tony, T-O-N-I, the female Johansson. And, uh, you know, the other parents participated participated somewhat, but they were involved with... uh, you know, their work at Tassajara. But the kids were fairly free. And uh, she talks about what it was like then. You know, they had a, they they sewed roxus and had an ordination. They had a zazen instruction. Mainly they went swimming. They went to the Narrows one, every five days. And, uh, you know, they loved the baths and the creek. And uh, uh, they worked in the garden and sometimes would be in the kitchen and, uh, different things. Um, uh, so, um, you know, we've already interviewed uh, Lim Warkov, and we've interviewed Tony Johansson, but now let's hear it from the kid's point of view, uh, although she's not a kid anymore, uh, as you will hear. But um, when we're through talking to her, she's going to read from her notebook from her autobiography, actually, that she was assigned to write in school in the fourth grade. And she wrote it about what it had been like being at Tassajara and Zen Center, uh, mostly about Tassajara. And so uh, it's pretty neat. Um, Also, it's on cuke.com. So you can go there uh, and and search for... uh, uh, Johansson, J-O-H-A-N-S-E-N. Uh, it's linked to right now uh, her her uh, her notebook or autobiography. The excerpts about Tassar and Zen Center uh, are linked to from her her mother's page, T-O-N-I Johansson. We we didn't have to type it out or anything. It's very legible. It's very well done. Actually. It was very dim. She went over it with pen recently so uh, she could scan it and send it to us. 
I'd suggest you consider reading it while you listen to her. Anyway, pretty neat. I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, it's unique. Um, so, uh, after we've had our pause to meditate, we'll give her a call. Uh, and then, well, th- that's going to be the, the, you know, the normal podcast guest thing. Then when we're through with that, we'll say goodbye. And then we'll call her back again, which was <laughs> weeks later or <laughs> a month later. And she'll read from her. Uh, notebook, you know, because she had to prepare it because the whole idea from it came, the whole idea about doing it came from her telling you about it in the podcast. Um, okay, so they're they're joined together. So um, okay, so as soon as we've had our pause to meditate, we'll we'll give Rhonda Johansson Karzag a call. Hi, David. Hi. How are you doing? Hi, I'm doing okay. Good. Yes, indeed. How are you? Okay, okay. So, um, uh, you are now being recorded. All right. If you have anything you want to say off the record, just say it now because I can take it out. (laughs) Oh, okay. Um, Well, I... Guess not. Yeah, good. I mean, well, yeah. anyway, it it's great talking with you. I I don't think I've seen you uh, since well seventy seventy one. Okay. Uh, around then. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, so. Um, no wonder it, I only have the vague recollection of you. <laughs> I, mean, I know who you are. Over the years with your work, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, but uh, yeah. So you're living in uh, Santa Barbara, and um, yes. Well, what do you do? What 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 are you up to these days? Well, um, I'm officially retired from being a, a registered dietitian. Hmm. Uh, my throat's a little dry, so I've got lozenges in my mouth here. I hope that's uh, obscuring things, but I, I'm not. I would worked for years at the BA in Reno with the veterans, with their helping with their meals and nutrition, and you know how uh, that goes when people have had surgery and they need extra help. But now I'm just leisurely um, taking care of mom and being an artist, and so uh, doing painting. And um, which I started when I was young, and then got got away from you know the college and work, and so yeah. it's really fun to have the time to get back into it. Yeah, well, that's neat. Yeah. Where were you born? Berkeley, Berkeley, Berkeley California, nineteen sixty-two. Yes, 60, uh-huh. sixty-two. Ah, uh, correct. Ah, uh, yeah. 
Um, well, and um, you, you, so you have a, a brother. It's, it's one brother, right? Two. I have two. Two brothers. I'm the oldest, and um, so yeah, we have. There's me, and then there's Aaron, who's 14 months younger, and Philip, who is uh, about five years younger than me. So uh, yeah. Ah. So it wasn't long after I was born that they, uh, my parents had found Suzuki Roshi. So, uh-huh. um, and, yeah, not long. Yeah, sixty-two. Uh, yeah, they. It, it, Tony started in. I think she said sixty-five. Her her memory was not numbers. She's so smart, but numbers aren't her thing. Right. I do know for sure when we were at Tal Sahara because I know exactly what grade I was in. Blah blah. So. Yeah. You know, but, uh, what are your uh, what are your uh, memories? Of, what, what what are your earliest memories of uh, Zen Center and you know, Tassahara and Suzuki and um, other people and well, yes, um, back so that would be sixty eight, I believe it is, because I was six and um, I my earliest memory was was, was exciting when going to Tassahara. We were living in Sawyer's Bar, little town, and. Um, and we went to Tazhar, and I remember, will this winding road ever end? You know, when you're little, and, <laughs> you're little and things are like, I'm like, another turn? And I thought, I, <laughs> I haven't been back as an adult, so I don't know. But I just remember thinking that. And then um, I, when I, when we got there, I thought, that, wow, this is great. You know, swimming pool and the beautiful creek right next to the cabins and the peace of it all uh peace and quiet and and really enjoying myself um on that first summer i don't have as many memories but i do um distinctly remember the gruel <laughs> i mean we, we we had a student uh, student food and i just wasn't you know, kids can be a little picky. And yeah. um, so just that the, the, I guess the tradition was mixing morning meal with noon, which is nice way not to waste and everything. So evening meal did not go over too well with me. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and then my mom arranged for the kids to, to get some, be able to have some, eat some guest food, not in the guest dining room, but um, on the back porch. So that was, that was nice. Uh, for, you know, cause I don't, I don't mind vegetarian, but I just had a little problem with the mixture thing going on there. So, um, anyhow, so it was a good, when there's other kids to play with and every day, um, it seems like, uh, well, I had, so to tell everybody I had at the end of the three years of the, the recent, the Senate Tassar happened to be assigned this writing autobiography at the age of nine and so I have some more details I think that I might remember and so I wrote down that I, we went to the pool every day and then that beautiful swimming hole I guess the, the narrows right. that we would go there about every five days mm. and um, I just remember seeing my little baby brother 
um, like on my dad's back, uh, head on the trail. And that trail, of course, was way too long, too. Let's get to the narrows. <laughs> and so I just <laughs> loved it. <laughs> it was all very impatient. Yeah. That hasn't changed. But <laughs> yeah, so the beautiful sliding down that, you know, the slide there that you can do with the narrows. And, <laughs> and I had fortune learned to swim by then. And um, so that was just phenomenal. And um, and I remember the whole con- that whole bathhouse with the you know with the creek and then the hot springs and and the little the divided mm-hmm. um, men from women and I'm like hmm maybe they should have made those little uh, fences go down a little lower to the water <laughs> couldn't see it was funny um, but, <laughs> so it was all fascinating to me. And um, I was very, very impressed, let me tell you, with the guest rooms. Because I, I don't know if at that point mom was cleaning them, but in any event, I was in some guest rooms. And um, I'm like, wow, the guest rooms are just phenomenal. And I was so impressed with their food. And I, I made this, I'm like, wrote down that they have to pay between 14 and $34 a night. So beautiful rooms and they they get their soap changed. I was fascinated by it all, but I didn't feel deprived with our cabin at all. I made a note, you know, that it was plenty big because our meals were eaten there. And it was interesting with the kerosene lamps to me, but I wasn't, you know, afraid of that at all. And, um, overall, just a, that first summer positive experience, and um, mm. yeah. So and and just oh, the, well, it's later that the real impact came on me. But uh, the essence of Suzuki Roshi. I mean, just I I have his his book here on my altar, and um, well, the, the, well, he has more the Zen mind, beginner's mind, and the. The joy and the essence and the humility that even as a child that I picked up on, and the safety and, and the non-judgmental feeling I got from him was just it's very emotional to this day. Mm. And um, so we went back the second summer, and um, that would be you know '69, and that was fairly similar to our first summer there at Tassajara, and. Um, the funny thing is when we came back from that first summer, my dad came back with a shaved head and he was teaching a one-room schoolhouse and sort of his bar along with my mom and so the kids were calling him Mr. Bones. <laughs> and so we went back to the second summer and it was real similar except my grandmother came to visit for a couple of weeks, so that was huh. fun. Huh. Yeah, yeah, she came and... Um, and then the summer that really I have the most memories is when I was eight. So I guess that would be 1970. And um, I just remember, well, the big thrill when you're an eight-year-old is being able to bring my guinea pig. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I got my pets, and, and we were allowed to have them out the outside pen. And made my dad was a pretty good carpenter, and he built a little... I had my guinea pig, and then we had a um, we had our school with Lynn Warkov and my mom doing that, 
and um, although we were back to student food, we got these special treats after we did our chores. And so um, <laughs> at that era, um, you know, it was somewhat of a let the kids do their own thing type of deal, but they they did assign us chores, which I remember, like weeding in the garden and helping with tea in the kitchen. I remember being in the kitchen and just being fascinated by that big kitchen. And um, um, so Now, in 1970, structure. how do you remember the yeah. kitchen? How do I remember? What, what, or just, was it the same kitchen? Was it the small kitchen? Or was it the new kitchen? I think it might have been new. I just remember being impressed by it. And, of course, I was very short, so all the counters were too high to me. For me, it would be really be much of help. I don't now know you say right all now. the counters. Uh, the, the, the reason I'm asking you this is because I have people that absolutely uh, remember, remember that uh, still being in the small kitchen in, in 70, and I have – people that absolutely remember us moving to the big kitchen. The big kitchen was much bigger. It had uh, okay. a high ceiling with, with post and beam. It was made out of stone. It had many counters. It had a dishwashing area. It had a, a big slab sycamore uh, central uh, table, uh, you know, for uh, working on. Uh, That's what I thought, but I'm so young that I maybe even the little one would impress me. But I thought there was. What do you remember? uh, Do you remember any change? Like '68 and '69, we were definitely in the small kitchen. Uh, And yes, I I don't remember doing a lot of um, kitchen chores prior to that final. I may have, so mm-hmm. I guess I'm not a very good source on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just um, remember I said I would go help a gentleman named named Jeff help me make a tea in the kitchen, and um, making tea in the kitchen. Uh-huh. Yeah, something like help with help with the tea in the kitchen. Yeah, I just wrote that down. But, um, um, it was all. It was it was you know overall it was just very very good experience and um, um, and then being able to be part of the um, services I mean you know I remember being being in the zendo and, and I and being fast and I was always so hard on myself about don't make mistakes so being sure to gosho and you know like do things right not not saying things but. But fascinated by those, I don't know the words for it, but the little drums and the you know the various yeah uh, all that just fascinated by it all. And then we did do they did have us kids do a little bit of meditation, and um, that I was a little young to get much out of it. I remember just sort of looking at the wood pattern on the wall, you know, I gazed down with eyes open and all that. Um, but I, to this day, really use um, counting my breaths one to ten. Um, I, um, you know, that's very calming, and I use it when I meditate, which 
I don't meditate for 40 minutes. Like, I guess it was 40. But when I do, I use that uh, that technique, just draw, drawing it back to my breath, just counting, just counting back to my breath, you know, just mm. letting those thoughts flow away. And, um, and getting, it was so fun, getting kind of a little snotty. It's not, not snotty, but judgmental about but these other ways of meditating or you know which of course there are many but um um it was uh it was a good experience and then the uh the fun of it is that the kids got we got we had autonomy like that third summer i met others uh then susan's children and one of them Named Reese was a good friend of mine. I don't know her mother's name. Uh, Lisa Audrey. Ad- Reese, Audrey you know? and Bob Walter. Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, okay. So Lisa was two years older than me. We were like good friends along with Lynn Warkov's daughter, Simi, one of my buddies. But Lisa and I were allowed to, now I assume with some adult help, build an A-frame. Not a big A-frame, but an A-frame. <laughs> <laughs> for our like a little fort thing, but you could stand up and it was an actual <laughs> it was an actual building that we were allowed to construct. We were so excited, mm. and then um, some wood got stacked against the side of one of the sides, and it was sort of bending it in a little bit. And so we said to the foreman, um, "Could you please have some people? I don't know if we said please, but anyhow, remove the wood." And he said, "No." And then we went around, and I, as I wrote in my little journal, um, we bugged him, and we bugged him, and we bugged him until he said, okay, <laughs> and we moved the wood. This was two little pesky little eight- and ten-year-old girls. Uh, we got our A-frame back in ship shape, and it was just so cool that we were allowed to do that because, uh, you know, it was just nice. That mm. weren't like, no, you, you just need to have a, mm-hmm. just hang out and not do that. And, and the biggest impression, though, I have to say, David, um, is, is the Yoshida Roshi um, had yeah. started teaching me back in the Bay Area about the rock suit sewing. And so we, uh, and I wrote down, we kids didn't have to wait three years to do ours. We could do ours right away. And so I was all excited about that. I don't know if adults had to wait three years or not. This is all just my memory. So, but in any event, this rocks is so I'll never forget sitting in the sun outside and mainly taking it all very seriously, but enjoying the beauty of it, the precision. And it, symbolism, and uh, and uh, just stitching along, and um, and there were so many steps, as you know, you know all this, mm-hmm. and um, and um, what was I going to say? Oh, just oh, this is so unenemy, and then I write, and I finished mine first before all the other kids. <laughs> <laughs> And then I I did do the I put the caveat in there of well I had got a jump start in the Bay Area you know in other words many of them were starting there so when we all finished am I talking too much no okay okay just, just no you can go on me. for hours okay I'll just I don't have that much but I, <laughs> I just remember the joy of finishing it 
and it's cute. I have it to this day. I've, you know, I've moved oh, so many times, David, and I've, I've not lost my Zafu that has the little um, embroidery on the side or the Roxu. And um, I cherish it to this day. And um, so when we finished, we, we took a, a special bath and um, then I braided my hair and I put my hair up on top of my head and um, Suzuki Roshi did a ceremony in the Zendo. And um, it was so moving. Um, um, I, I put in here that he's just, I, he splashed a little water on us. And the main thing, I'm sure there was a lot more involved, but was giving us our, our names. Our, our Buddhist names and writing them on the back of the rock suit and, was, and along with some other things I have no idea what it says but my name is Junko which I guess it is translated roughly as condensed or something or probably what I you know like kind of serious little thing but anyhow that was my name uh, you uh, can send me a, a, a scan of it oh good good I'd love to yes yeah and um uh, yeah, so I remember him, him doing that and just being so honored. And I and one of my favorite all-time pictures that I think Lynn Warkoff sent me is there's my mom in the background looking over, and there's Suzuki Roshi reaching over me and over Minnie, Dominique, you know, Diane DePrima's daughter, over her to do something, I don't know what he was doing something, reaching over the children. It is just a beautiful picture, and um, I just cherish it so much. Mm. And, uh, yeah, so, mm. um, you know, his essence, his essence was just, the humility was just, and the wisdom. Um, I, I, it's really, it's touched me, even though I have not been a uh, proper, like, well, my father had a Zendo here in Santa Barbara for quite some time, but even though I'm not, you know, especially meditating with in a group of people, the, the whole experience has helped me in many ways. And, and the whole, I mean, part of it is the mindfulness and the being in the moment that part I've taken and used and, um, and when I walk, I do like a little, try to focus on just my steps and, uh, you know, walking meditation and stuff. So, you know, uh, anyhow, that's how that's worked out. And uh, I um, I was really touched by the safety that I felt there at, you know, just because my parents would be busy uh, Dad was Dawn, I think it's called, and then Mom, right. of course, her her meditation, and she also had Phil, who was young. So we had a lot of free time. But there was there was no problems with any adults bugging us. If you know what I'm saying, how that can happen, or uh, inappropriate or anything. And we were free to roam, and um, and uh, and so it, it was and just. Overall, and it's and plenty of kids to play with, and then one of my most um, strong memories is uh, finding this 
lizard who had been injured probably by a cat or a wild animal, and he was just lying in a bowl where my brother had put him, and he looked like he was going to die. And I went down to the first aid place, and I got some antibiotic ointment, and I nursed him back to life. I started putting him on, a, on his wounds. This little lizard. And so I just, so I, he finally got well. He's running around. He's on, he's on, you know, I'm up and down my arms. And, and so I said, okay, dear, you go out and deal with it again. And he turned around and ran back to me and ran up and sat on my shoulder. And it was just this lovely exchange of mm. attention and help. And then, and then the second time he went, he did leave. But I felt the connection. Hmm. And one of the biggest things from Zen that, that's helped me <coughs> is hearing early on that we are all one. And so, uh, at least I may be completely misquoting that, but basically that we're all one. And and so it's helped me so much hmm. um, when I tend to get judgmental and stuff, you know, just the connection. And, hmm. and the, mm-hmm. So... And then we moved from there to well, we were at Zen, Zen centers, living next to Zen center. You were you were uh, when you say Zen center. Uh, by then, you were on Page Street. And, Correct. Uh, Correct. You all were living right next door to Three Hundred Page, the main building, right? Yeah, you can write my story, man. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh-huh. Yeah, you were living upstairs. Um. Yes. And yes, and the Katagiris were. were living downstairs. Yes, and too bad for them it wasn't reversed because only <laughs> because, well, we were rambunctious and, um, you know, there wasn't as much TV watching, no video games back then. So there was a lot more playing and running and such. And so despite my mom and dad's efforts to settle us down, it was a little hard on them. Um um, you know, with the the noise, so we would try. They had they had TV time, and, and we settle down, and you know, you know, to try to settle down. So, it, I mean, I'm only mentioning that because I, I, as an adult now, thinking back, I'm all, oh shoot, I wish I would have known better to be a little more quiet. But, uh, but uh, you know, and, and they, uh, so we we did work out that, and it was lovely to be right next to them there and. I have some just beautiful memories of, of being in there and the dining room and, and, uh, yeah. I can tell you a quick funny one. One, do you want to hear a quick funny memory of that? It's uh, the then there was a wedding and I, of course had never been exposed to any alcohol and didn't even know what it was. And I thought that the fruit punch I was drinking was just fruit juice. And I thought, why is this fruit punch making me feel so happy? And my, <laughs> and my cousin and I, my first cousin Wendy, we're I literally, I wasn't trying to be a bad girl. I was like, what, eight? I wasn't trying to sneak or anything. I thought, oh, lovely fruit punch, help ourselves. Well, I pretty soon, I'm not kidding, under the tables, giggling, rolling around, never had touched a drop of alcohol because, of course, mom and dad just didn't have that in the house. And, um, and I'm right, I'm I'm not I'm not knowing why I'm so happy. I just know it's happy. And we were giggling and mom comes over and she puts her hands on her hips and she goes, Marty, you're drunk <laughs> And I'm like, What? She's all you're drunk <laughs> So she she 
had me go home after that. <laughs> it's so funny. I had no idea I was, you know, so. Uh, huh. but, um, yeah, that was Ed that. Brown and and Meg uh, Gollers. Uh, w- wedding in in July. Uh, oh, you know so much, David. Yeah, so Ed Brown. Now he was the baker cook gentleman, right? Didn't he, Ed Brown, do a lot of cooking? Or am I getting that yeah, wrong? Yeah, 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 yeah. Phenomenal. Okay. Yeah. So that's where I got in a little trouble. But uh, I mean, not really. I didn't do any damage or anything. <laughs> other than maybe being a little tired the next day and then you know of course we had no alcohol in the house so it was like no problem there um, mm. so um, yeah and just good times over there and, and a beautiful being able to go up on the roof we were allowed on the roof at Sun Center and seeing the view and and just running and playing and yeah it was it was uh was really, and then oh, I do remember Roshi, Suzuki Roshi was sick, and um, I I believe it was one of the last. Uh, he was passing the dharma on. He was. I remember the ceremony as he was walking towards the center, and I was lined there, lined up with people, and he took his staff and boom down just to. Show his strength, but you could tell it was taking a lot of strength out of him, and he just persevered. And um, the power that I felt for him, even from him, even at the end, there was just um, phenomenal. I'll never forget it. And you know, of course, I may not have details correct, but I I, I remember all of that and um, just. Um, Wishing he didn't have to leave us, but um, but of course people do, and and then being grateful that uh, my parents were able to go to Santa Barbara to start a Zendo here or or help start one, I believe it was. I'm not sure, but I know it was in our home on Arizona, and um, so that worked out just fine for me. Um, settling here in Santa Barbara and. Um, yeah, it was uh, quite a time and of my life, and um, when it's influenced me all the way up to my like being studying nutrition, we'd have these various things we had to put on presentations. Um, um, the uh, what I did the Oryoki, the three bowls, you know, with the whole setup with the. Um, chopsticks and just a demonstration of that. Yeah. So yeah, it's influenced influenced a lot, and um, this funny memories of the Jehovah's Witnesses coming to our door, and and my father saying, "Well, thanks for sharing, but my my belief system we don't push it on others. <laughs> we keep, you know we don't kind of cross the signs and." Um, uh, to, uh, not push it on people and um, mm. yeah so yeah it's against the law to do that here uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses have gotten in trouble here oh yeah so you're involved right yeah yeah you can't yeah. you can't go doing that here 
Oh, good. I, I have been to Bali years ago, and, and what a lovely place to settle for you. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I just, uh, my brother Aaron, the, um, o- the older of the two boys, um, for a while had a, um, a golf course uh, condo there on Bali, so I went and visited him and, and traveled around a little bit. Huh. So, huh. Yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, that was all very. I'm I'm grateful that uh, that I was able to um, um, write a few things down that I wouldn't have otherwise had. It's not been assigned in the fourth grade, and um, it's all pretty positive about Crossfire. The only one little negative thing I said was. Well, there wasn't enough kids to play with the first summer. <laughs> Otherwise, nothing, nothing negative in there. Oh, except the gruel, of course. I, I made them up. Yeah. Gruel, but, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but that's the beauty of reusing and, and not wasting. Ah. So, ah. so yeah. um, you you um, you wrote a report on Tassahara for school. What grade was that? Um, it was fourth grade, and um, it was actually what it was. It was we were assigned to write our autobiography, and so it because I was nine, and we just had the three summers. It has chapters that include that are about Tassara or include chapters, include um, you know Zen Center, Shire School, the whole that's separate from Zen, but then you know. And the whole thing I make at, the, at by by nine I was already making a big deal out of everything so it was it's literally got like what is this twenty seven chapters <laughs> so crazy like yeah it goes on and on fifty pages handwritten with pictures it was just a big deal so that's why I carefully noted the things that I luckily from you know I would never remember the A frame for example or the 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 crawdads and the details about the narrows. So, um, yes, it happened to be um, an autobiography that we were all to write and read in front of the class. That's terrific. Now, have you continued writing and doing things like that? Um, I've been folk. I I do poetry. I've been focusing a lot of my artwork, which, um, frankly, my what watercolors, some of them are really good. <laughs> oh, I, oh, it's only 17 chapters, but I was 27. Uh-huh. 46 pages. Um, My! I, I do write some, you know, like poetry, and um, but I, I, haven't, I haven't written much else, and um, yeah, there's a like, there's, yeah, there's nothing in here that would be embarrassing to me at all it might be maybe not that interesting to other people um but but certainly yeah yeah great well we could have the whole thing then we could have um uh the highlights from uh tasahara uh also uh our zen center but i think the whole thing's cool um uh and uh well, why don't you send me some scans of your um, of your paintings? And hey, you want to you want to read one of your poems? Oh, I don't, 
I could, but I didn't. Um, I don't have them right next to me here. Well, go get it. Go get it? Okay. Oh, because you can edit and stuff. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of where my writing is right now. Let's see. I think that poems would be over. Uh, let's see. I'll see what I can find here. I want to hear about the Shire School, too. Shire School. Oh, yes, Shire School. Boy, was that not amazing that they started that preschool and then made it into Time Magazine, huh? That's pretty amazing. Oh, it made it into uh, Time? Wow. Yeah, yeah, the preschool made it into Time Magazine. It's a picture of my little cousin Wendy with my dad. Yes, it's in there. It was pretty big news back then. The uh, whole idea of, you know, letting you have, children guide their education. Do, do, do you have uh, a copy of the Time magazine article? I think, I, I think my mother does, yes. I do believe so. Tell me about the Shire School. Oh, the Shire School? Yeah. Okay, so this is the funny part, I think. Oh, so I'm in regular public school as a um, kindergartner, and... Um, we had a regular apartment, and uh, they were in Dickey Square in the Bay Area, and I was getting more and more depressed and um, because it was real restrictive. I was very artistic, and the art, it, I, was, I was, they would all class, we would do, they would spend for the art class, would be cutting a piece of paper into a heart, and, and it was very, um, just sort of, not suffocating, but deflating, and I was getting more and more depressed. And so <laughs> they start decided that hey, this is we're going to start a, a preschool. And so I was actually taken out of the public school and then into the um, Shire School, which my mom would have much more accurate details on. But I do know that it was. For a while, we were in, what's that name, Gold Gate Park. I think I've got the park. And we were in the park because they were having trouble finding a building for it, up to code and all that. Mm. So we moved around to different buildings. But it was um, where I could, you know, still learn letters and numbers and all that stuff. But I could also draw and we, the children, it was sort of children-driven, like, you're, what do you feel like doing, And which is great with a certain type of child that is super motivated. Other ones, maybe not so much so, but it, but, uh, uh-huh. it was a, a different philosophy, and um, I, I remember liking it, certainly like being outdoors in the park, and, and, um, but the problem was that because it's a free school, um, the the parents that sent the kids there weren't paying money, so then the teachers, the instructors, were not getting paid. So then, like some <laughs> of them ended up staying with us in our apartment. They were renting to buy in, in Dickey Square. This and and so we ended up with too many people in the apartment. Um, it was a great concept for school, but and yet. Not great. The free part of the child's learning, but the financial end of it. Like I said, my mom and numbers, no, don't work go together so well. So, so it ended <laughs> up being 
<laughs> that that was that was a downfall there, uh, but it was it was made Time Magazine because it was it was like a, this what the children kind of decide they're you know so um, uh-huh. that part and so I don't have any bad memories except for unfortunately we did have to move out of that apartment because there just got to be too many people and. Um, so that sort of dissolved that, but, uh, but, you know, the school itself was, was great. Yeah. Your father was, wasn't he the head of it? Well, um, he had the official, um, it really has, I'd say they were co-founders because my mother w- was able to teach. She taught in our next spot we went, which is bar so he taught but she was also a, a teacher back then there was a demand for them and so you even though she didn't have the exact credential there was I can't remember she would know the term for it um, where you're just uh, not a student teacher but a teacher's aide and yeah uh, and so she and she is a natural I remember her teaching me to read I mean just she got me to read right away so I would say they, they co-founded that. Yeah. Together, it was their their decision. Um, is how I remember it. But your father was uh, a school teacher too. Yeah, my father. He was a school teacher, right? Yes, by trade. Yes. Yeah. He was, that was what, yes, exactly, exactly. He he was he was in the Berkeley working working in Berkeley, and that was a little bit little tough. A little tough, you know, uh, just the, some of the trouble children and stuff and yeah but uh but then we went to Sawyer's bar where it was wonderful because it was both mom and he teaching in this one room schoolhouse with about 14 kids you know so that was lovely but uh yeah um, yes yeah he was a teacher he was my teacher from um half of kindergarten all the way through um third grade Montessori Bay Area so we, I had him the whole time, and my mom for for much of it. Well, yeah. I have a memory of the Shire School. Uh, yeah. Is I was working on the phone line with uh, Alan Marlowe. I think it was oh. uh, the uh, late spring, right before the guest season starts, uh, because uh, I, I ran the dining room uh, oh. uh, for the first four years. Uh, in 1970, Alan and I were working on the phone line, and over by Arroyo Seco River, there's a uh, a camp there, like uh, I think it was a Girl Scout camp or something like that. Uh, and uh, but it could be rented, uh, or, or something from the Forest Service, uh, and um. There was a Shire School uh, campout going in there, going on there. Oh, really? Okay. See, that's the kind of thing we do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and so Alan and I had already been out for a couple of days and nights working on the phone line and camping out, and we were eating, uh, you know, uh, like brown rice that we brought and making miso soup and we were just so completely yeah. pure uh, yeah. and we were just full of energy and we got there and uh, 
there was there was wine and pot and cheese and all sorts of heavy stuff, and we just, uh, you know, uh, we we uh, enjoyed it all and spent the night. But the next day, when we went out to work, we lost that light, energetic feeling. We were just trudging. It was, uh-huh, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like you play, you pay, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah. Uh, otherwise, I'd, I'd uh, uh, you know, I'd hear about it. But that was my experience with it. Uh, yes, you were probably yes. there. Probably, yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony was there. I don't know if, uh, I mean, your father, Tony, T-O-N-Y. I, I Big Tony, little Tony. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, T-O-N-I, your mom. I, 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 don't, I don't remember her, but that's so long ago, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. Um, well, that's neat. Uh, so how many years did the free school go? Didn't it, it went more than one. Yes, I, I, no, I think, my no, mom will know more about this. Um, that it, it was continued on by some other people after we left because I know I was there for, for, for kindergarten and then first grade I was in Soria's bar. So for our state part of it, um, it was, you know, short. But but I believe I believe it can continue on yes, mm-hmm. with maybe some <laughs> the word free be taken taken less literally where people are paying I'm not sure but uh, yeah so um, yeah we moved, we moved, yeah mm-hmm. boy those were the times huh? I mean that is so hard to comprehend how would you yeah, run a free school I mean you'd have yeah. to get money from people. It's by donation, yeah. then. By just pay what you want. Right, right, exactly. I don't even think that concept was there. I don't know. It was just closed. <laughs> <laughs> and the school itself, though. I mean, I, I have, I have some darling pictures of me writing, and yeah, I mean, I, I was thriving in that setting because I was quite self-motivated, and um, and so it worked well for me, along with. Other things like Montessori and the one room school help, you know, the different things works fine for me. Mm. So, yeah. So I do some writing. I haven't done a lot, a lot of po- poems lately, but I do have a couple if you want to do that or. Yeah, let's hear that. Okay. Um, yes. Okay. Great. This one's about my horse. I lost that. It says, Little Rondi, spirit talking to you. I know they come, not like some mist floating through. No, their voices are thoughts piercing my skull. I weep at their closeness, touching me now. Longing to go, I know I must wait. One will come and show me the way. Back to my star boy, I long for his touch. Velvety nose brushing my cheek. We'll gallop wild and free. No bit in his mouth or saddle beneath. 
My face pulls me through. He's nibbling and breathing, having sweet air, safe and sound, no cares or concerns. He'll wait for me there. That's my aunt. Mm. I love my horse a lot. Mm. <laughs> he died, so. Mm. Oh, you know that's interesting. That the last, the last, well, not yeah. The the podcast I put up that, that last weekend. I I put one up every weekend. Was with uh, the poet that's uh, uh, Jane Hirschfield, and uh-huh. uh, her what one of her poems was about her horse that had just died. I assume she read a number of poems, uh, but um, she also talked about her horse. So I'm not sure if she mm-hmm. read a poem now about it, but her horse had died. And it, it had lived uh, near Green Gulch Farm. Uh, oh, Green Gulch. You're kidding me. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And it died at yeah. 32. Oh, well, that, that's quite quite, as you know, a long time for a horse. So yeah. lovely. Yeah. Oh, she must have bonding that must be there, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so. Mm. Did mm. you ever go to Green Gulch? Um, I believe I did, yes. I don't have any um, real vivid memories. Yeah. But I, I, I just remember, oh, yeah, I went to Green Gulch. And there was one place we went where there was a famous restaurant, Oh gosh, I can't remember. It was one of the Green's Restaurant. Yeah, yeah, in San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I yeah, was the uh, I was the uh, host, the maitre d there for the first two years. Oh, were you? And oh, a, and a co manager. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. I remember that. So uh-huh. uh, you all probably came in in the first two years, and I probably seated you, and we had a good time together. Probably, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you so much. I mean, I've got more time, but just thank you so much for the interest in, um, you know, have a child's point of view, and it's really cool. Yeah. Well, let let me ask. Let me ask. uh, Just before we sign off here, um, what? All right, so your Zen Center days came to an end. Yes, there's um, there is some there's some Zen groups here, but um, in Santa Barbara, in Santa Barbara, yeah, like uh, the whole yeah. When Dad got cancer and stuff, not like he his Zen Center is the only one or anything, but that part of it drifted away because he had to sell the house and he ended up passing away. But, um, um, uh, well, that was much later. Yes. That, I mean, that, um, but I'm talking, I thought you were talking about now. Like, no, what no, happened. I meant like oh, when, when you were, you were living at Page Street. Oh, oh, there. Okay. Sorry. Yes. And, uh-huh. but at some point that came to an end. Yes. They just, they decided to go from Tassajara to Santa Barbara, there was a need for a Zen Center being started down here, and there was somebody of the name of Boyd and Krista I have written down that were talking. Mom 
and dad into coming and mom and dad kept saying, no, we're going to move to Berkeley. And then they said, no, check out Santa Barbara. And so eventually we ended up Santa Barbara, um, 1971, I think, let's see, mm-hmm. 12 when I was nine. So yes. So and that we found a suitable house that I am literally living just on the same street and Pamu, just on the other end of it. <laughs> So, yes. You're living on the same street, but a different house, yep. a different house. Different house. Yes, I have an, I'm lucky I have an apartment uh, in Santa Barbara, which isn't easy. I mean, I'm very lucky. Um, but, but yeah, it's right on the street from this huge house that I remember we paid 300 a month. I was all in the math back then. 300 a month for this huge house with a separate <laughs> in-law quarter for my grandma. It was just like, oh, my gosh, 300 and so huge yard and good memories there in the good Zen Center. And, uh, yeah, so. So what was the, uh, what was the, was it called the Santa Barbara Zen Center or what? I think so, yeah. What, so what happened was around that time, uh, mom and dad got divorced at, when I was 11. And so, but he, um, and mom went, to follow Kadagiri Roshi in Minnesota briefly, but uh, Dad had love, good luck with the ladies, and saw the wonderful wife, uh, and they moved the Zen Center up to a house that they got in Mission Canyon. So the Zen Center continued, but just switched locations, and uh, um, um, so you know there was a good room in there with hardwood floors that they could have their then mm-hmm. every, every weekend. Yeah. So. so he got remarried. Yes, he did. Yes, uh, when I was eleven. He got remarried. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Um. And uh, but he continued uh, running the Zen Center there. Yes. Yes, he did. Yeah, she was uh, my stepmom. She was she was uh, a doll, and and she was more into. Uh, she had a yoga teacher. It's kind of a spiritual thing, but she was open to it. And yeah, he every every week, and you know, that little sign would come out, and and they they rake. They do oh, it kind of brings back some emotion. They would rake the. Path, you know, kind of like something that might happen at Tassar to just smooth it all out. And this is a force of the steam and the soft wood and well, the mats were out. And um, there was a little donation box, you know, but basically, it was, of course, anybody could just come and, and maybe do some instructions. And yeah, so it was a continuity. And I did, I did meditate occasionally with them. And, um, when, you know, I've been in and out of Santa Barbara at the back here since 2003. So, so he did that, um, consistently, um, which was, you know, good. He meditated. My mom's been a good meditator for, you know, keeping up with that. And that's one thing I have to say about my dad. He, he continued with that. And it really, I think it really helped him just all around, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was that. And, uh, yeah. so, so, uh, uh, Tony left, I mean, your mother left and went to 
Minnesota. Well, that must have been sort of hard on you. I mean, you were. Well, I I went with her, my little little big brother. She took yeah. The uh, Aaron was at a good father son age, so he stayed here in Santa Barbara, and then we went to Minnesota, and that was hard moving. But see, I've been used to moving a lot my whole life, and so it was sort of like here we go moving again. But, um, yeah, it was a little tough. It was eleventh, fifth grade. I had three different schools. I mean, I started here, went there, and then, but we stayed there a year, and then it just wasn't the right fit for her. So, so she came back here to Santa Barbara, and uh, uh-huh. so uh, yeah, it was just a little. And when she came we back, did, then you, then you were close to both parents. Yeah, I was close to both parents, right? Yeah. And they did the co-parenting, you know, where I stayed with, had a room, stayed with my dad, and then part of the time with my mom. So it worked out. That was right around junior high. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, so. uh, that's uh, a very normal, I mean, that, that, that that's the way, I'd say, half the marriages go in the in America, uh, yeah, I know exactly. Isn't that what the rate is? Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, in, in you know, in America, you're so used to people splitting up and sharing the upbringing of the kids, and right. uh, uh, pre- usually still uh, uh, getting along. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they ma- yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, fairly well. And and then I moved to Japan and I would find it was really sad. Couples would break up, the father would leave and never see the kids again. Oh, how sad. Oh, and I had to deal with, I was teaching kids. I had to deal oh. with the, the, some, some uh, especially boys that had lost their fathers, and it was really ta- oh. uh, taking a, a big effect on them. Uh, uh, there were exceptions. Oh, devastating, yeah. I mean, unless yeah. they have any you know, good father figure stepping in there. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. They had an extremely r- low divorce rate in Japan, so it, it wasn't oh. like... In America, where it's like half the couples are breaking up. Yes, because, uh, oh, we'll just do, you know, co, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Um, my brother Aaron actually is married to Japanese wife and living in Guam right now. And they will be, when the kids are out of high school, moving to Japan, I believe. So, I'm, yeah, that's, that's the one that's 14 months younger than me. So... Japan is beautiful. I've only been there once, uh, and I don't remember a lot, but I just remember the bathhouses and uh-huh. <laughs> I forget what they're called. You know, um, I forget what they're called. Uh, uh, bathhouses, God. Yeah. Let's see. Something. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, Cento. Yeah. Cento. Yeah. yeah. So just, wow, you lived all over. Cool. Ah. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's just so great. Your part. I mean, I just want to say, you know, TV Suzuki Roshi, um, memories alive. You know, uh, um, you've got thank goodness people recorded his his lectures and 
and the beautiful writings that you've done. And this is very important, and I'm excited. Um, you know, my mom's reflections, because she, she uh, was so taken with them and devoted that I think they'll be a nice, very nice addition to have on there. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, one thing I've asked her to do is to read the whole book, and I'm going to record oh. it. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, that would be lovely. She said she'd do it. We'd just have a call. It's not that long. Uh, yeah, uh, right. It should. That would be lovely. Her voice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people could hear parts or whatever. I'm not sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So we'll have it transcribed. We'll have mm-hmm. it scanned, and we'll have her reading it. <laughs> be great. Thank you so much because that is. A, very disappointed that um, I understood that there was reasons that it, you know, couldn't just wasn't just a, couldn't be a book at that point or whatever. But I, of course, wanted um, you know have it out there for people because I thought there was some. I haven't read it in a while, but I thought there was some some particularly poignant um, yeah part to it. So yeah, that's that's exciting for her, I'm sure too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'd appreciate. You're helping because, like you said, yes. you said the funniest thing in your email. <laughs> you said oh. <laughs> th- that you help her with, um, you know, her, her um, te- tech. You were you're like her tech support, and you said that she'd call you and say her computer wasn't working, and you'd come over and and like uh, uh, plug it in or recharge it or something. Yeah. Exactly. And so, I mean, I'm pretty tech. I'm below average on tech stuff. But, hey, when I come to her house, I'm the tech. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So, how, how did the rest of your life go from there to now? Has it been all right? Oh, well, yeah. It was, it's, been, it's been a wild ride um, in terms of moving around. But I settled in Reno. I had a good career there. And then back here and was so grateful to be able to spend time to end up back here in Santa Barbara when the, the VA was a little, I had too many patients, let's put it that way, like double the patients. So I ended up back here, which was great because I didn't know that my stepmom was going to be passing in 2011 and I was very close to her. And then it also, of course, close to my mom now again. I mean, geographically, I always, I always have been emotionally, but... And then my dad dying, so I, I, it was good to get to spend time here with them instead of just every now and then from, you know. And then I've always been married once, and it's a little a little sad, but a dear man that, that he had a, mm. that I'd known for five years, and, and we, were, we were dating for a while, and then he, he got a, a glioblastoma, which is the worst kind of brain tumor you could get, and uh, so... Mm. We got married, and uh, I'd never been married before, and I was in my my uh, mid fifties, and um, it was beautiful. But but we knew that it would just be a matter of months. So sure enough, four months later, he died. So oh. I'm yeah. So I but I have I have beautiful memories oh. of him. Oh. Yeah. So and I was able to to give him, you know the gift of. I'm really loving him. So, mm. um, so basically, I've been most of my life. I've been, um, you know, I haven't been married. I've you know, had partners, but um, and then I had career and 
And I did volunteer work, lots of volunteer work with Wildlife Care Network, and oh, that was really great. And um, some stuff is limited in what I can do volunteer-wise. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, so, but it's been a mixed life. And, and yeah. I'm well, on here. Th- there's an <laughs> assumption uh, that people have in, in our culture, and uh, but, well, certainly in others. Uh, that, um, uh, pe- you know, that, uh, people who get married and have kids, especially let's say women who get married and have kids are happier, but it's mm-hmm. not true. Uh, women mm-hmm. who, who don't get married and are, are, are don't have kids, to, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the results on a, you know, like happiness tests are, are, uh, sometimes better. Then, uh, yeah, then, yeah. Right. <laughs> it's very intense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, I just knew that that I was wanting. Uh, I had nieces and nephews, and I knew that there'd be parents to take care of, and you know, just keep myself well. And I mean, I had a short period of time in my thirties where I thought I'd have kids, and I'm like, no, no kids. So, but you know, there's so many other ways to give love and yeah. love. Good aunt, I he keeps hearing again. You're a good aunt, you know, because I make sure I don't miss any <laughs> birthdays or Christmases. Yeah, uh, so. uh. go visit them and such. So, anyhow, yeah, yeah. Well, it's been great talking with you. You you have an excellent memory and you had an excellent uh, delivery. I mean. Um, uh, you did very well. Uh, uh, I appreciate oh, thank it. You. you know, oh, you're very, you just let me. You just let me talk and, and ask questions to direct me. It was perfect. Yeah, so I appreciate you. Yeah, and um, well, I'll be, in, I'll be in touch. You know, I could tell when she's writing. She's not thinking that we can actually scan it and include the the graphics that are in it. She, because she mentioned, oh well, it's too bad you can't see Suzuki. What Suzuki Roshi drew there? Yeah, well, we can. She's so cute. Yeah, she's so cute. She's that challenged. Yeah, and and, and uh, more and, than me. Yeah. yeah. She also mm-hmm. asked. Uh, I said, well, why don't you? Why don't I call you up and you read it? And then she said, but how will people hear it? I know. I tried to explain the podcast thing. It's so cute. I tried to explain. I said, "Listen, I I just heard him. I heard him reading Suzuki Roshi." I said, "It's I, I tried uh, so I need to get over and show her that." Yeah, she's she's adorable. Uh, so. Now her podcast hadn't gone up. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, at that point, no. This was this was just I just checked it out because she was saying, "Now, how do we get on there?" Not to not to see hers, but just she doesn't understand podcasts in general. And I said, "Well, I don't I don't know a lot, but I'm sure I could figure out." Okay. Well. Okay. Wonderful talking well, with great. you. That's very good. And. Uh, yeah, just uh, you're so easy to talk to. <laughs> so, all right. Well, okay. Very good. Uh, so we'll be in touch. Yeah. Thank, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks so much. Take care. Okay. You too. Bye bye. Okay, so thanks a lot, Rhonda. Rhonda Johansson Karzang. 
Uh, that was really great. Really appreciate it. Now, we're going to hang up and uh, call you back a month later or whenever. <laughs> and you're going to read your autobiography and talk afterwards, talk about it a little. It just starts right off with no introduction or reading it. Okay. My name is Rhonda Johansson Karzag, formerly Rondi Johansson. And in the fourth grade, um, we have an assignment, autobiography. And um, I had just finished my third summer at Tassajara. And so sections of it refer to Tassajara and Zen Center and my experience there. And um, so I'd like to share that with everybody who might be interested. Um, the part that starts with Tassajara is actually Chapter 12. So wow. Titled, what, I you know, I was pretty thorough. I'm like 60 pages or something told, but not to read tonight. So it's titled, What Tassajara Actually Is. <laughs> to get to Tassajara, you have to go over bumpy mountains on an even bumpier road. Tassajara is located in Carmel Valley. It is a place for people belonging to the Zen religion to stay and practice Zen. It is a nice place to be because it is quiet. The students pay three and a half dollars a day, and for their kids, it's one dollar and a half. In the summer, Tassajara is a guest resort and for the people of the Zen religion. When you come as a guest, you have to pay about 14 to $32 per person, but it's worth it. Every morning, all the guests would have the, their, the cabin girls make their beds. They would also get their towels and soap changed. At 8.45 a.m., one of the cooks would ring a bell to tell the guests that in 15 minutes, breakfast would be served. The guests would have plenty of time. They had to walk up a hill a little way and down a little slope through some bamboo and into a building that looked like a restaurant. It had long tables with red tablecloths on them. I liked to help set the tables but it was sort of frustrating because everything had to be so perfect. Every morning, I would get up at 7 a.m. That was when we ate breakfast. The students' food wasn't the greatest, so mm -hmm. luckily my mother arranged mm -hmm. for me and my brothers and some of the other kids to have a guest, to have guest food, excuse me, but we didn't get to eat in the guest dining room we got to eat on the back porch of the kitchen. Almost every day I went swimming in the pool. Every five days we got to go down to a swimming hole. It was a mile away. The swimming hole was called the Narrows. It was 20 feet deep and not very wide. It also had a little waterfall that was fun to slide down. In the narrows, there were trout and crawdads. Luckily, the crawdads were mostly on the bottom. By the repair shop, there was a small camper 
a man was trying to get rid of it. So he sold it to my parents for $10 because the only thing he was using it for was to keep his motorcycle in. <laughs> we, we had been looking for a trailer for several months. Chapter 14, our next summer. The next summer, we went to Tassajara again. Things were very similar to the summer before, except our cabin was much smaller and our meal system was different. My Nana came to visit us for two weeks. The night before coming, she stayed in San Francisco with my aunt. Her suitcases were in her car, parked in front of my aunt's apartment. When she was ready to leave in the morning, her suitcases had been stolen. The only clothes she had left were the ones she was wearing. When she arrived at Tassajara, my mother took her to the Goodwill bins, and they found some clothes for her to wear. In chapter 15, we moved to San Francisco. We brought our animals to Tassajara. On the way back, we lost Flora, our cat. When we opened the door, we thought she had gotten out. We called her for an hour and she, and we also drove around, but we couldn't find her. Finally, we gave up. We got to San Jose. That was where my Nana lived. We stayed at her house. The first person to get out of the car was Flora. <laughs> she had been under the seat of the car the whole time. After we said goodbye, we went to San Francisco. The Zen Center of San Francisco already had a place for us to live, and we rented it from them. It was an upper flat. I had a front room. After a few weeks, another family came to live with us. So we, the daughter and I, had the back room because it was much bigger. Lisa and I got along very well together. She was 10 and I was only 8. Lisa could draw much better than I could. Her pictures were like stories. At night, we would look out the window and read all the lights, the light-up advertisements. We would go up to the top of Zen Center and swing in the hammock. We would look down. Zen Center is four stories high. On one side, there is a courtyard that we could play in because we didn't have to go through Zen Center to get to it. I also had another friend. Her name was Hillary. My other friend, Minnie, lived close by as well. She had moved in while I was in Tassajara the, sec the second summer. All of my friends that lived around Zen Center belonged to the Zen religion. I went to a private school. Hillary also went to the same private school. It was called San Francisco Montessori School. Lise couldn't afford the Montessori School. She went to Shire School. They had found a building for sale and bought it. Mom, uh, excuse me, Minnie went to Another private school. It was much more strict. And then there's pictures. But here's the way Zen Center looks. And then the view from the roof. 
and a, a picture of me um, getting into my kendo outfit, which is course separate. Oh yeah, time. that's Nate. That's Nate. Yeah, <laughs> I enjoyed it a lot. So, um, moving along to this, okay, our third. Here we go, chapter seventeen. Our third summer at Tassajara, we brought our guinea pigs and Chloe, our dog. Flora had gotten hit by a car and our neighbors buried her. My father and I built a cage for the guinea pigs. It actually wasn't a cage. It was a pen with a top. We kept them outside. We had a cabin right next to the cabin we had the first year. It had three rooms in it. It it didn't have a kitchen and no living room. What it did have was a bedroom for my brother and I and another bedroom for my parents and Philip, my baby brother, plus a bathroom. Maybe that size of house doesn't seem big enough for five people, but it was. When you stay at Sahara. All you need a house for is to sleep in because we ate in, in the summer school and we spent most of our time outdoors. A family lived in back of the school. The mother, Lynn, was the head of the school. My mother also worked there. Lynn had a nice daughter, Cindy, and a son who was named Aaron, the same name as my brother. It was their first summer at Tassajara. They lived in the same cabin we lived in the first summer we visited. This year, we ate student food at school. It was nice because there weren't so many flies. <laughs> <laughs> Since the student meals weren't very filling, the kids got to have a snack after we did our jobs. The snacks were cake cookies, or something like that. Kids would get picked to go to the kitchen and help make tea with a man named Jeff at 3 o'clock. Um, Lise came to Tassajara. I played with her more than anyone else. She stayed in the cabin across from ours. Lise and I built an A-frame by the Goodwill. While we were gone, some people stacked up wood on the side of it. We were mad because the sides were sagging in. Lisa and I complained to the work foreman of Tassajara, but he wouldn't do anything. Finally, we made him have men take it down. We made him by bugging him a lot. <laughs> we went to the goodwill to get some things for our A-frame afterwards. All the kids got to make roxus. A roxu is part of what you wear if you are in the Zen Buddhism religion. Grown-ups had to be in the in Zen Buddhism for three years, but the kids could make one right away. I started mine in San Francisco. I made my roxu the way the grown-ups did. A lady roshi named Yoshida Roshi helped me with my Roxu. <laughs> Three seconds. Um, um, mine was done first because I started it in San Francisco. After all the kids finished theirs, we all took a special bath. 
I put my hair up. We all went to the Zendo. Suzuki Roshi led the ceremony. He splashed water over our heads and other things. Almost everybody came. Suzuki Roshi gave us gave all the kids Buddhist names. He wrote them in Japanese on the back of our rocks. My Buddhist name is Junko. My brother Aaron found a lizard that had been caught by a cat and had gotten away. My brother put him in an ashtray. He showed him to me. I held him in the sun and rubbed him all over. I went down to the school and got some medicine. I put it on his sores. He got much better. When I let him go around the cabin, he ran right back up on my shoulders. And then the next time I let him go, he laughed. My father went over to Berkeley to find a house for us. Sometimes our whole family went. We wanted a house by the Berkeley Zendo. We looked and looked, but we couldn't find a house. A man named Boyd and a lady named Krista asked my parents if they would come and live in Santa Barbara and help with the Zen religion religion in Santa Barbara. My parents said that it sounded like a good idea, but we're going to go to Berkeley. The next time they visited Tassajara, Boyd and Krista kept trying to get my parents to come to Santa Barbara. Finally, my parents agreed. We moved to Santa Barbara. First, we stayed at my uncle's and aunt's house to pick up for things that we didn't need at Tassajara. First, we stopped there. Boyd and Krista looked for a house. So by the time we got to Santa Barbara, they had a house already for us. We got to move right in. They got us quite a large home on 333 East Anaheim Street, which had room for people to come and visit. And the end of the section that has anything to do, you know, with uh, Tassajara and the whole Zen experience. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's so neat. Uh, That is so great. You you, uh, did that back in the fourth grade, but also that you um, kept it and that you have shared it with us now. Really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. I'm, I, I mean, yeah, I'm 61. It's an amazing amount of times I've moved that I have. And I'm very, and I ch- have always cherished, cherished it. And, um, you know, there's a few little pictures in there. And um, it just, uh, it brings back, you know, the the closeness that I felt. And the, the one picture of Suzuki Roshi in, in, the, in the ceremony, when he's reaching over my braided hair, to, to put water or whatever on, on the child behind me. I mean, I can just feel, it just brings me right back. And it was, I may have been young, but, um, but I really, I really got a lot out of it, out of the whole, well, we had so much fun playing, but out of the whole rock suit, sewing, you know, obviously I, I had a bit of the ego yeah. involved there, but anyhow, that whole process. And um, and and the ceremony and the bath and it was just very meaningful and um, I I just cherished those times. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, that was a unique uh, time 
at Zen Center with all those kids together at Tassajara and with the parents who, or at least some of the parents, you know, it's not all of them, it's some of them who um, wanted to create, you know, wanted to include them in in the practice in some way that was meaningful to them. Uh, yeah, right. That... Uh, the Zen Center was always short on that sort of thing. Um, prior. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it was the opposite from trying to indoc- indoctrinate kids. <laughs> you know. Yes, well, right. To go, I guess, because I remember uh, years later, years later, the um, Jehovah's Witnesses would come to my father's door um, and when he was remarried and they would be pushing and he would say, well, actually, my beliefs are that we don't push <laughs> on, you know, what I mean? and then you're not going to prophesize the others. So he was polite, but he's all, I'm sorry, this isn't going to happen. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. You know, what I do to Jehovah's Witnesses, I'd start asking them uh, questions because they're, they're totally uh, literal Program. Uh, uh, yes. their beliefs and and um, they're, they're unlike um, other American uh, well the, the the four main American forms of uh, sort of Christian type religion were Jehovah's Witnesses the Mormons uh, Christian Science and that sort of thing and um, yes. um, Seventh Day Adventists and uh, the Seventh Day Adventists uh, are, uh, they accept other Christians, you know. Jehovah's Witnesses mm-hmm. say everybody else is going to hell. Uh, right? <laughs> <laughs> and they only have a certain number of slots, is my understanding, available in heaven, so I'm not quite sure how the math works out. But <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. But the, the Mormons yeah. is the opposite. The Mormons see the universe is infinite. And every Mormon mm-hmm. couple gets a planet uh, oh, after right. they pass on. And uh, this is uh, Earth is Jesus's planet, and God and His wife live on another planet, and they have a they have a home with. Uh, oh, you You know they they keep uh, <laughs> canned food and stuff stocked, waiting for when God comes to visit. Uh, pretty uh-huh. literal. <laughs> Yeah, I take wow. that. Wow! Wow! Right? right. Uh, yes. Yeah, that's that's something. Uh, the uh, the I I grew up in the sort of Christian Science, uh, other New Thought oh. Christianity world, and we didn't talk about hell or anything. It was all like about mind and uh, I mean. We thought intellectual. No, it wasn't intellectual. Well, I guess it was intellectual in a way, but beyond intellect, it was sort of like big mind. It, uh-huh. it you know, which Suzuki talked about. It was um, uh, based on uh, absolute uh, mind, which incorporates everything. So it, it was very influenced by Buddhism and and. Hinduism, and it, didn't, it just thought people in other religions uh, uh, just believed a lot of nonsense. 
Mm-hmm. Um, a judgmental there. <laughs> I I don't feel that way anymore. Uh, you know, you can, no. you can find a lot of um, uh, profound, uh, sincere, uh, beyond literal uh, uh, understandings and practices and different types of of yeah. religion that seems to be mm-hmm. just literal. But you know, that's just. I asked my father. I said, "Why was?" Like we just read New Testament stuff and then had ways of interpreting it, uh, it being mm-hmm. about the nature of mind, right? I asked, mm-hmm. why wasn't it written more explicitly just saying the way uh, things are? He said, because it wouldn't have lasted. Uh, mm-hmm. Because people right. have to, you know, believe in things. And, yeah, right, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Huh. Well, yeah. anyway... That's really great uh, that you've done this and shared it with us, and uh, I appreciate it. Well, thank it. you for all your, um, you know, keeping keeping alive all these years, and you know, really helping people. Could just, cause, I mean, when I look at in my beginner's mind, the photo of Suzuki Roshi on the back, I, I, I'm emotional to this day. Humility, beauty, and wisdom of that man. You know, not to put him up on a pedestal, but he was so humble, and that's what I, I loved about him. And, and the humor, the humor. Yeah. I mean, as I, I, I even, and I don't have a great childhood. I mean, I mean, my childhood was fine, but I don't have a great memory of my childhood. But I remember that, you know, the connection and being there. When he was uh, back at Zen Center, and he was—I think—he was going to pass the Dharma. I don't know if I'm saying it right, but him walking along with the stick, you know, he, I remember that on the pounding along on the way, you know. Yeah. And it really was made made a huge, huge uh, influence, and I was very grateful to to him and everyone for the, you know, that wonderful help my parents a lot, you know. <laughs> it's always good for kids, right? So. Anyhow, mm. thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it. Mm. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, my pleasure, indeed. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, thanks okay. a lot. Incidentally, uh, with the, the, I just put up, you know, the, uh, the podcast last weekend was, uh, your mother, Tony, uh, Weisberg. Oh boy, I listened to that. That, you guys, you guys really, I mean, that was, I thought it was excellent both ways, back and forth, you know, and just the way you directed questions, and I think she did lovely, so. Yeah, Anyhow. yeah, well, that was two weeks ago, it was the, the, uh, her, her, her time, part. then a week ago was her yeah. reading her uh, notebook that she made Correct. with uh, Suzuki Roshi, and um, I, I suggested that people could could read read uh, the transcription uh, of it mm-hmm. while they listen right. to her, and I'm going to do that because yours is now online too, and your handwriting okay. is very legible. Uh, oh, <laughs> my. okay, yes, went over it with a pen uh, to make sure; otherwise, it would not happen. <laughs> so, yeah, good. I'm glad. I'm glad. And there's those okay. pictures too. 
that yeah, you mentioned. Right. Yeah, the right. photographs. Yeah. Okay. Uh huh. Well. All right. Thanks a lot. And well, thank you. Let me know what else if there's anything you need. Okay. Will do. Oh. Okay. Take care. You do. Bye bye. Bye-bye. Wow, so thanks a lot for reading that. That was great. I really appreciate it. Rhonda Johansson Carr saying, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot for talking with us and for reading the notebook. And and you all sent some great pictures. Uh, Just go to Tony Johansson's page, and you can see the pictures and read Tony's notebook and hear her podcast. Um, It's quite a picture of the early days. And, you know, Tony, uh, uh, her, uh, she was quite a helpful source for Crooked Cucumber in talking about the early days at at the Los Altos Endome. Okay, that's good. This has been a Cuke Audio podcast. I'm D.C. Pooba of Cuke Audio and Cuke Archives. Coming to you from Sleepy Sanur with Doggy Bandita, guest Doggy Bumbita, new feline Manis, and dear lovely Katrinka. And we're wishing you and yours and all of us a grand awakening. Mm-hmm.